Welcome to the Tech Pro Unicorn Podcast, brought to you by RPI Consultants, a podcast about the magic of digital transformation through technology. Each week, we'll cover topics related to ERP, RPA, business transformation, leadership, healthcare, and unicorns. Good morning and welcome back to another episode of Tech Pro Unicorn. Today I'm joined with Justin from RPI Consultants. Justin, thanks for taking the time and being here this morning. Thanks for having me, Michael. Awesome. If you could just tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, your role with RPI, uh, and then we'll get started with some Absolutely. questions. Absolutely. Yeah, I've been with, uh, with the RPI firm since 2008. Uh, I came in as a senior financials and supply chain procure-to-pay consultant. Uh, got involved with project management. I've kind of always been a student of leadership. Um, so I enjoyed leading projects and developing new opportunities for RPI. I had an opportunity to become a partner around 2010 and uh, never really looked back. I mean, we've just been growing organically ever since that time. Um, one of the things that, that I did at RPI with the, with the help of a lot of other talented folks was establish a PMO, um, which is running strong now. And at this point, I am our VP in charge of strategic initiatives, which is uh, a little bit of everything. And I, I've always really liked the, the very dynamic environment of, uh, of RPI especially and just consulting in general. Awesome. Well, thanks. And thanks again for, uh, for making the time this morning. I know you guys are, are busy given, given the world condition right now. So um, we're going to come back to what you something you just said in your introduction about establishing a PMO, and we'll come back to, to some of that and, and chat with you a little bit about about some PM qualities and such. But I'd I'd like to start with um, you chose you know consulting obviously as a as a career path, and you probably had many different avenues that you could have went down in industry and such. Um, rumor has it you used to be a a chef as well, so so you've dabbled in a variety of different areas, but you chose consulting. Um, so, so what, what, what draw you, drew you to consulting? And then uh, second part of that is uh, what makes a great consultant? And uh, I guess third part to that, uh, just to elongate the question even further, um, how does consulting make a difference? Ooh, man, I can't wait to get to part three. Um, but yeah, let me take them in order. So, um, I graduated from the Michigan Business School in the summer of 99 and had spent a summer doing audit with Ernst & Young. And that, I'm sorry. that took about, <laughs> to, to, was just the right amount of time to realize I didn't want to be in a CPA, but I had a lot of respect and, you know, for the intelligence, especially some of, some of what the tax guys were able to do. Uh, but I was really drawn, you know, at 22 years of age, really drawn to what this consulting side of Ernst & Young was up to, especially in the Y2K era. So I went back from my senior year, uh, you know, wanting to be a consultant, uh, not really knowing what that meant. Mm -hmm. So sure enough, you know, came out with my degree and I got really lucky. I had a wonderful first consulting job right out of school with a company that did nothing but healthcare, soup to nuts. And within that healthcare management consulting company, I took a job in the financial systems practice and I started learning about loss and software and ERP. And that was all the rage in the Y2K era. Um, and I did that for about five years. And then at some point in my mid-20s, I guess I had my midlife crisis a little early. <laughs> I kind of 
asked myself, is this, is this really it? You know, where's the fire in the belly, so to speak? So I took a risk and I took a pay cut and I threw it all away and I went to work at a place called the Inn at Little Washington, which is a Michelin three-star restaurant about 70 miles outside of DC that does farm to table uh, dining. It's, it's kind of a dinner bed and breakfast, if you will. Super, super high end, really cool experience. Got to be part of a 30 person brigade that was cooking in the kitchen every day. Worked a ton of hours and, you know, again, just like that summer at Ernst & Young, about five years later, I realized that that was not a sustainable career path um, right. in, many res- in many respects. My, my interests are varied. I like to travel. I like things like time off and enjoyed the idea of starting <laughs> a family. So, <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, I chose consulting twice. Um, and, and, you know, 2008 was when I came back. And I'm so grateful that, you know, Brian and Keith and Greg took a chance on, on someone who'd been flipping burgers for five years. And uh, I came back in at RPI and it was, uh, it was interesting seeing this industry, uh, you know, from behind the line, so to speak, both in the Y2K era and then kind of in the, you know, 2008 and onward era. Uh, very, very significant now because one of the things I've always said was when I came back in 2008, I was impressed by how much the need for on-site presence had changed. So, you know, with Superior, it was fly to work on Monday, fly home on Thursday, you're on site. And frankly, that was one of the reasons I left. Uh, I came back to RPI. If I'm being honest, I, you know, I came back for the money. I came back to pay off some debts. I, I, I came back to kind of get my, get my life squared away. And right. here I am 12 years later, you know, and, and the reason I stayed is because it, uh, RPI has always really struck that balance for me of, you know, kind of a quality of life company that does cool and interesting things. Right. Um, so that's why I chose consulting. I think the second part of your question was, can you remind me? Um, what, um, what makes a good consultant? Thank you. Um, and this is going to kind of lead into the third part. I, I, I feel really good saying, um, that what makes a good consultant. I mean, con- good consulting is all about leadership. Um, good consulting is about establishing trust. And, and I have found in my personal experience, the, the one characteristic that I would look for if I was hiring a consultant, and in fact, it is, it is the, the characteristic that I look for in, in people that consult within my life, you know, whether it's a, a marriage counselor or whatever, um, I look for humility. I think humility makes mm-hmm. a great consultant. And, and what that is, is the ability to see, you know, beyond any preconceived notions that the consultant has um, and sort of, you know, the willingness to surrender the pride that comes with being the rock star that has all the answers. I mean, it's, it's fun to be comfortable in that space, but I think the good consultants are able to sort of hold that space and also make it a collaborative experience where the answer uh, reveals itself through a group conscience. Awesome. Yeah. I, I love those uh, characteristics that you, that you laid out. I, I completely agree. Um, and let me and, just finish up on, you know, why does a, why does a consultant make a difference? Yeah. Um, it's, you know, a good consultant is a, is a good leader and it's and a good consulting company or person is going to, empower any team. I mean, I've always loved project work, you know, yep. even that five years where I was cooking professionally, it was kind of from one restaurant to the next, uh, which is common in that industry. And it was like, you know, five projects in a five-year career. 
and certainly the, the five years before that was superior it was just kind of one project after another i came to rpi and man we you know some of us juggle four or five different projects at the same time so there's right. always a new project there's always new challenges but there's also um, each of those opportunities and challenges is is a unique crucible to provide leadership and you know it's sort of that difference between motivation and inspiration um, you know great coaches can motivate by you know sort of pushing their players forward but the really great coaches like the phil jacksons of the world or you know coach k down at duke sorry we have some really we have some duke haters at rpi i'm sorry cindy but you know the great coaches the great coaches out there inspire and 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 they they're able to trigger that that fire within and you know i think in a way a consultant you know that's practicing good leadership and coming from a place of humility and collaboration um it, what they're really providing, why they really make a difference is they're going to turbocharge your team, not only with motivation, but also inspiration. I think that's, that's what we try to do at RPI. That's awesome. I love it. Um, so if you're if putting yourself in maybe a, a client shoes, right. And they're, <clears throat> they, they, maybe they go to the tech conference, right. They go to inform for Infor, and they enter the sea of, you know, a hundred consultants that all say, you know, they're the best and they can do everything. And, um, you know, how do they go through a process? What should they be looking for in the right consulting partner? And, you know, is it like a romance, you know, where their, where their heel kicks up because they, they know that they've found the right one. Oh man. Yeah. I, it's funny that you, that you, that you likened it to a romance. Um, cause I think it is, I, I think it's, um, our view on consulting is it's a relationship business purely. And what we, what we try to practice within our unique way of, of, of practicing that art of consulting is to balance the three C's as we call them. You know, we've got our clients. They're the reason we exist. Uh, there's a reason I mentioned them first. Uh, we've got at this point over 125 amazing colleagues within the company and those three C's, you know, we look for win-win-wins that serve all three of those constituents at any given point in time. And, and that, um, that technique has never let us wrong. Um, so it's a relationship business. We value the relationship with our team. We value our relationships with one another. And we, we look at client project opportunities as relationships. And, you know, the book that comes to mind, it's almost become required reading at RPI in a, in a very organic and unofficial way. There's a book called The Trusted Advisor, which I think also came out of uh, the Fuqua Business School at Duke. And um, to sort of paraphrase, um, and he draws all kinds of parallels between a, a good marriage and a good consulting relationship as, you know, it, this book is written to, you know, help consultants perfect their craft. Right. Um, and, it, and it's, you know, it's that view of establishing trust in a relationship and trust sounds great, but trust feels even better. Uh, and you know, how to, how to really get it and keep it and improve it, um, is, is definitely a mutually beneficial proposition. And it's pretty much everything that we're about, uh, is how to establish trust and a very simple, if you prefer equations. Um, the ability to engender trust uh, is based on, you know, your, your credibility, 
You know, what, what credentials do we bring to the table? What experience, what knowledge do we have the skills necessary to perform the task? You know, and that's true whether I'm, you know, trusting a contractor to work on my home or, you know, trusting a tech consultant to bring down my production system over the weekend. Uh, there's the credibility, there's the reliability. Do, do, do I do what I say? And there's the intimacy. Do I understand what's unique about this relationship? And that's kind of the top of the equation. And then most importantly, the bottom side of the equation is self-interest. So if you have a tremendous amount of cred credibility, reliability, and even intimacy, and you approach a consulting relationship in a very self-interested way, then you're just going to decimate that trust equation, right? Because there's an inverse relationship between the self-interest. So, you know, it's hard, but we try to engage in relationships with our clients that are mutually beneficial. So what I would be looking for in a consultant at a trade conference is how, how are you going to benefit from working with us? Because I, I mean, that's what like we, that. yeah, that's what we try to engage with our clients with is like, how, how does this, how does this project opportunity serve? Obviously how, how we can help your company is obvious. How is this project helping us? And that's not, that's not a selfish perspective. It, it's actually, it's how we try to find a power greater than ourselves to, to lead us to the promised land of, of trust. I mean, that's Shangri-La and consulting, and that's what we go for. That's, that's awesome. I, I use the uh, analogy, right? You can, be a, you can be a vendor to a client <clears throat> or you can be a partner. Um, and a vendor relationship is, you know, um, here's your deliverable, here's your invoice, here's our check. Thank you very much, and and you're off, right? You've you've been successful. You've done a good job. Um, you've you've been paid, right? You it's very transactional. Um, and when you're a partner, um, you're you're vested, right? You're you're interested in the success and the the longevity, and and maybe um, you know sharing things that the, that your partner hasn't even seen coming yet or, or thought of. You're you're you know involved with them. Maybe not from a from a billable perspective, right? But just as that trusted advisor, and just uh, partnered with them over a really long term to uh, to add value. So that's awesome. Hundred percent, and it it happens individually, ultimately between between yeah. people, um, and it also happens, you know, when we're lucky, it happens organizationally. And hearing you kind of reflect on that, Mike, it reminded me of like. Um, you know, how perfect you are for our approach to the market, given that, you know, you're coming from the other side of the proverbial bargaining table, right? Sure. Like you're used <laughs> to being on the receiving end of probably good and bad consulting, you know, the difference. And, um, you know, our ability to, to make that connection is, uh, you know, why I would say, you know, 70% plus of our workforce, you know, comes from the industry prior to consulting. It's it's interesting to watch, right? Because as um, and this isn't a reflection of any one client. I think they all do it when they start a relationship um, with a consulting partner and they're checking them out, right? There there isn't any trust because it's it's a brand new relationship. It's like you're speed dating and you just met somebody in a coffee shop, and um, you don't know anything about them, right? So you're asking all these questions. You want to see resumes, you know. Um, you want to. Uh, look at past quals and right. You're just trying to gain information. Right. Um, and I, I think the magic happens, you know, after your first battle, you, you pick somebody and you, you kind of go, all right. Um, 
and, and then you start and the project starts relatively easily. You're doing all this, this cool PMO planning stuff. And you know, that's, that's not really, it, it's hard and it's valued work. Obviously it sets the tone for the rest of the project, but that's not the battle, right? The battle comes when you're changing business processes and you're doing a lot of change management transformation and you're side by side in there and tempers get hot. And, you know, I think at that point, then, you know, that, that relationship moves to the qualities you just spoke of around trust and relationship. And you realize, hey, we're both in it to win it together, right? Whether we're a customer, whether we're a consultant, um, you know, we're, we're side by side here, long hours, late nights uh, to, get, to get it done. So that's awesome. Um, so if we, if we look at, you know, somebody who says, this is awesome, I want to be a consultant, but more importantly, I want to be a PM, um, what, what would you say are some, some strong qualities just intrinsically in the person that they should have to be a good PM? And you talked mm -hmm. about some of them like humility and, and, and leadership and trust, but is there, is there anything that if they said, well, I don't want to just be an applications consultant, I want to be the guy, I want to be the PM. Mm -hmm. Man, there's so many. Um, there are so many. And, and I guess I'll just kind of reflect on a lot of what I've seen recently with some of the, some of the PMs here that I just love working with. Um, I think the PM role more than others has to, again, it's that humility to, to, to listen carefully to what's being said. A lot of consultants, project managers, whatever, they think consulting is about what you have to say. And, um, Sometimes that's true, but it's also, I think, yeah. more, more what you hear, what, what you're able to pick up in the subtleties of a conversation. So I appreciate PMs that, um, that bring those subtleties to light and, and create a common space to, like you mentioned, uh, you know, the, the, the relationship's really test, tested, not in times of, you know, when everything's smooth sailing. Right? It's like that, that MLK quote, you know, that the character is defined in times of of controversy, not times of triumph. So having a leader that um, can, can establish that trust within the team in a, in a collaborative way, um, maybe highlight the, uh, there might be a minority opinion in a, in a group conversation that a good PM will, will pick up on and, and bring to light and, and introduce, that, that, introduce the topic of conversation in a way that everybody can contribute. And disagreements are fine. Right. A, a disagreement right. Is, is a healthy thing to have on a project. It's not to be feared. Uh, so a good PM just ha sort of has a way of inviting that, um, that dialogue and that debate. And then, awesome. you know, and even if we're, even if we're in a situation where somebody's got to give up, you know, somebody just isn't going to get what they want. We, we, again, we always look for the win, win, win. We don't always get it. Sometimes somebody just has to bite the proverbial bullet and get on with it. And again, a, a good PM, you know, keeps the team together through those struggles. So there right. isn't a, a, a scoreboard of you owe me one or, and certainly not, I told you so. It's just like, okay, you know, geez, there's, there's individual considerations and then there's the group conscience and the, and the PM tends to hold that group conscience. We also have a great video. I don't know if you're going to have comments on the podcast that you could link in. There's a great video in our, about our PMO spoke, you know, from our project managers and Teresa Nelson. Uh, makes a great analogy about the PM kind of being like the director 
and, and, and each actor has their own role in the play and they're all individually critical, but the director is kind of the one that ties it all together and makes it a coherent story. That's awesome. That's a great analogy. Awesome. Um, so, so what, um, you talked a couple times as you were, as you were going through some of your answers and you, uh, you talked about at RPI or the people at RPI. Um, so what, what would you say are, you know, what, what makes them different? Why, like, how are they, how are they different and, and why does that allow us to be successful? We met, we actually try to measure that, believe it or not. Um, I've been loving RPI for, for going on 12 years now, uh, sometimes more than others. <laughs> and, uh, and what I've, always, what I've, you know, the, the further, the further we've come, the more we've had to protect that, that special culture that we had when there were eight or nine of us. Um, what is that culture is the question. It's the first question. So we actually sent out a survey. Uh, we, we sort of chose 30 folks within the firm, somewhat at random, uh, kind of the core at the time. I think we were maybe 50 or 60 and 30 people, one survey, three questions. What do you, what do you like about RPI? What do you value about RPI? What do you value about others at RPI? It's kind of the same question three different ways. And sure enough, we got about 90 data points from that survey. And then we, we, we organized all the answers and looked for patterns, had a really fun session with Richard Stout on that, one of my partners. And, uh, and there was some stuff that we had expected. Uh, by far, the biggest answer was the people, the relationships, the, the, the family feeling of being at RPI. The projects always change, but we're always together. So there is like this this culture based on quality and fun, you know, welcome to the RPI pirate ship, that type of mentality makes us unique because we, we really do uh, try to, you know, bring that to our clients and we try to meet our clients where, where they are, but we definitely try to bring that RPI experience right into them uh, for inspiration because that's what gets us all up and comes to work. Uh, the people, it, it, it was, it was validating to know that our, that our, marketing tagline of our people are the difference was validated by our own people. That was super cool. Um, having fun, having fun together. Um, it doesn't immediately resonate as I need to find a consulting company that's fun to work for. They're going to deliver the best quality at result on my project, but uh, it's definitely working for us. Uh, having fun, keeping it sort of unique and maybe even, maybe even a little weird. <laughs> um, Humility is, you know, keeps coming up. The commitment to partnership, uh, providing great service, and stewardship. I mean, those are those are the those are the results. Those are kind of the six values that we um, that we kind of knew, and 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 some surprised us. You know, one of the things that really surprised me in that result was there's a huge part of the RPI team that 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 likes being on the winning team right? We're, we're proud to be at RPI. We, we have competitors. They do a great job too. We just think we do it a little bit better. And, and that actually came through. And that was really cool to feel like, uh, like we're all kind of co-building that together. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, very cool. All right. Um, <clears throat> I, I mean, you're the only firm in the, in the whole weird thing, right? You guys are the only firm with a unicorn. So, um, you know. <laughs> If that doesn't make you weird, I don't know what else will. <laughs> um, 
And uh, words of wisdom it's to, to somebody who's starting these large ERP projects or any project, right? These, these year and a half, two year long journeys that are, are not easy, they're not cheap, um, you know, they're make or break on people's careers. Um, any, any just words of wisdom to, to folks about to undertake that? Oh man, you want to take that one first? <laughs> yeah, um, right. Patience. <laughs> Patience is a virtue, right? Um, yeah, that would probably be my my number one guidance, right? Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to go back to some of the stuff you said, right? Around trust. Um, you you got to trust. Um, I, I uh, you know, in a separate life, I uh, own a small business and a, a DJ company, and I tell all my brides, right. Um, hire the best professionals you can possibly afford and then get out of their way, right? Um, let them, let them lead you, let them do their job. And, um, you, you know, that's, 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 that's what you, you did. You did all this research, you selected somebody, you know, follow their methodology, believe in them, trust them. Yeah, I love it. Uh, I was going to go down the methodology route a little bit, uh, kind of along the same lines of like, you know, going in, it's going to be pandemonium. Things happen in these projects, they elaborate, things happen that you didn't expect. But, you know, sit down with your partner before that happens and figure out what your checkpoints are. What are the, what are the phase gates in your methodology? What are the milestones? What should that look like? What should that feel like? Um, you know, be deliberate about, and you only need to do it. There's only a three, you know, three or four rites of passage, you know, just like life. There's kind of coming of age, you get married, you die. <laughs> Somewhere in there you pay taxes. <laughs> so, so, you know, your project's going to kick off and, and that's, you know, that's exciting. Right. And then you're going to, you're going to have a design, you're going to test it. You're going to gain user acceptance. You're going to go live. Uh, you know, spend some time anticipating what those phase gates look like. Um, you might you might engage someone from your own internal audit team to do a project audit once or twice in the life cycle. Um, when we work in a change management capacity, we do project health checks. And, and a lot of times it's an objective, uh, you know, non-engaged team, SWAT team that kind of comes in and does a health check and here you go. And, you know, there's, there's some lessons learned. The, the, I, I think it's really valuable to, to plan for those types of activities, certainly in the transformational projects. Awesome. Well, those are some, some good words of advice, and I appreciate you taking all this time. I'm enjoying watching you walk around the hood there. <clears throat> it's, uh, it's very picturesque. Out here, everything is brown, and, uh, you know, well, right now it's green because we just had rain, but generally the desert is very brown and flat and no trees, you know, substitute cactus for trees. So it's, uh, it's been a pleasure, Justin. I appreciate you taking the time out of your morning, and, uh, uh, again, thank you. Thanks a lot, Michael. I'm glad. I'm so glad you're doing this and uh, appreciate the opportunity to make a contribution. We'll talk awesome. to you. Thank you, sir. Thanks for joining us this week on the Tech Pro Unicorn Podcast. Make sure to visit our website at www.techprounicorn.com where you can subscribe to the show and catch our latest blog articles. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode. Remember, unicorns represent the magic of digital transformation that occurs when business process is enabled with technology.